What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with me and my dad where we talk about the Utah Jazz. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. Hello, Jazz fans. As we bump through the first week of training camp, it's day four today, Thursday, the 29th of September. Monday was Media Day, where we had our last podcast episode. And um, today is the fourth day and the three days of uh, play. So five on five and others. Great start to the week. Spencer, any thoughts or anything that you've seen as, oh my gosh, we're like a few days away from October and October means the regular season. Yeah, so that's, it's, uh, it's been a good start, I guess, for the Jazz. The biggest takeaway is that the young players are standing out in training camp. Um, clearly, we're a young team. Would you say we're the youngest team in the league? Yeah, I, you know, I'm looking at the roster. I'm trying to look at ages. I have years people were born, but here we go at the top to bottom. Rookie, third year, second year, sixth year, second year, first year, eighth year, which is Jordan Clarkson, 15th year, Mike Conley, 16th year, Rudy Gay, and then the rest are all within five years. I think it's a mix. I think we are a young team, and I wouldn't say we're the youngest, but it'll be interesting to see this mix of – two veterans, Mike Conley and Rudy Gay at 15 and 16 years respectively, and then a lot of young guys. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. But it's, it's good to have these young players going. Um, I like, obviously I'm a huge Laurie Markman fan. He's been doing really well in the pre, in the, in the in kind of this preseason kind of training camp. Yeah. Um, he, he came out of um, playing for Finland Averaging around 27, 28 points, he averaged eight rebounds and and a steal per game. So he was off of a hot, hot kind of streak there with Finland, and he looks to be continuing that. So it's good, good for us. And also, I think Azabuki's doing pretty well. I don't know. Have you seen anybody else stand out? You know, I, I, I'll echo what you said. They said Markinen looks great. Um, a couple of things that Mike Conley said. He said. Olinick actually reminds him of uh, Marcus Gasol. They played together in Memphis, and Marcus Gasol was a pick and pop type guy. And he said Olinick has the same characteristic, which is 180 degrees different than Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Rudy Gobert was a pick and roll, and he said Olinick is a pick and pop. Um, Conley said they made fun of him this week because he picked up people full court in defense and shuffle the speed. And they said, Hey, old man, we didn't know you could shuffle like that. He said, actually defense is what made me the highest paid player in the NBA for a season, which he was in Memphis. And then they said that the, that Sexton's excitement and energy and defense has just totally made the, the first three days extremely energetic. And then going back to Conley, he said, the young kids want to play so bad, they're there at training camp two hours before mm. the start of practice. All of these are great signs. All these show a, a excitement. Who knows what it means when they put the team together. One last player that they said is just shooting lights out is Simone Fontesia, um, our Italian. They just said he is like lighting it up. So everyone's really complimentary. And the one guy that is saying a lot of these things that actually is tearing it up is Malik Beasley. So 
it is going to be fun to watch this team again. My question is who starts? I mean, what is your starting five? And where where's Rudy Gay in all of this? He's a 16-year veteran. Well, Rudy's definitely going to push to start, or not start, but at least get more playing time than he did last year. It's interesting to see what type of team we're going to be. Do you think we are going to stick to take as many threes as possible and just let the statistics play out? Or are we going to go to a different, whole different way of playing? Yeah, they said, gosh, I thought the same thing. My quick answer is you have a new coach, new players, kind of a new gym and Danny Ainge. How can you not have a new system? They've said the first three days of camp that um, Coach Hardy has just let them play. And I kind of like that. I think what he's trying to do is roll the ball out, have these guys show up their skills, have them compete for playing time, and have them show up their athleticism. Now, Donovan Mitchell, great athlete. Jordan Clarkson, go gets the bucket. But when you talk about our team last year and the last three or four years, do you say the word athleticism very much? You really don't. This team is just laden with great athletes. So, so you, my answer is, I don't know what the system will be. I think it's going to be a lot of athleticism somehow. Could you compare them to the Memphis Grizzlies over the last couple of years where they it might have a similar vibe from two years ago when the jazz were number one in the league and, and Memphis kind of gave us a little scare in the first round of the playoffs, but it almost feels like that. Like we have a bunch of young athletic players who have nothing to lose and just want to make, want to prove something. Is that kind of the vibe that you get? Yeah, I really like what you're saying. I actually had thought about the Grizzlies and the comparison you're trying to make the difference there is they had John Moran. I mean, we, right. we don't <laughs> we don't have John Moran. And that's what you can say what you will, but that's really what carried this team. And you, so another question, another question about the roster then, since we're starting to get a little bit more familiar with the who's on the team and maybe where they what roles they play. There is always talk that there is um kind of a go-getter or a bully on the team, kind of like Crowder was when he was on our team. Do you see anyone in specific who can be that role player that just is a bully, gets into rough play and and, and provokes the other team and always has his teammates backs? Man, I, I'm going to answer it and then throw it back. I don't see it. I, I see great character and some really fun guys on this team. I do not see an enforcer or a bully. How about you? I don't know. It, it, I mean, I, I don't think – Oh, Linux going to take too much just because he's a veteran and he he doesn't really seem like he wants to deal with a lot of things. But I don't really see because you need a lot of good teams have like a Draymond Green or like somebody that's going to go out there and, and push push on the other team. Let's go back to let's go back to the Memphis Grizzlies. Do we have a Dylan Brooks? Yeah, I was going to say Dylan we do Brooks. not. We do not have a Dylan Brooks, and quite frankly, we didn't have a Dylan Brooks the last four or five years. And what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Do we have that player who believes so much in himself and wants to be a protector and enforcer, a bully? You can have it without them being a screw loose, but man, we haven't had it since a Jay Crowder. And quite frankly, um, we had Antoine Carr, the, the big dog, when we went to the finals 25 years ago. So a team needs it. Definitely. And kind of looking around the league, it, it does seem like 
that that's something that we could use and maybe we could maneuver some some trades to get somebody um, that that's willing to just be that bully. Uh, it did come out today in ESPN, not really breaking news, but just a fun little news. They released their predictions for the, the next season and the Jazz fell uh, and ended up being predicted to finish number 12 in the West which would be averaging about 34.9, 35 wins, which is completely – it's 10 more than I predicted. I was, I've been sticking with the 25 wins. But when you look at it, 12th place, that gets you in the play-in game, and that's 35 wins. What do you think of that prediction? Yeah, I, I love this article on ESPN.com. What it actually says, it's a two-sentence description that that means something here. The Jazz, in my mind, are about a 34-35 win team. This article really hit it on the head for me. But do they maintain Clarkson, Conley, yeah. and Rudy Gay for for the season? If they do... I don't see those guys wanting to lose. I don't see Jordan Clarkson waking up every day and say, oh, I'm glad I'm part of this team. They're going to want to win. So I, I think the only thing that trips the Jazz up that doesn't win 34 wins is come January, February, before the trade deadline, that they trade the veterans, and then they go into a mode where wins don't matter. That's interesting. And I can see – I mean, I guess that's kind of a decision you make a little bit down the road i mean we just have so much in our pocket that we could that a lot of teams would want so i mean it's it's interesting to see how we can maneuver it um like i said 12 wins does put us in the play-in game now right uh it, it it's no. certainly we're knocking on the door here's my thought though too i've been thinking about this and i'm glad you brought it up i, I don't know if justin zanuck and danny ainge and ryan smith and coach hardy I don't really think they want to lose. I think Danny has gone out and got so many picks. And let's be clear. Everybody says, oh, my gosh, you want to get in the lottery. You want to have that first pick. There's some coveted players. Danny Ainge built a Boston team around a third pick in Jason Tatum. So he doesn't need the first pick. He actually has stacked picks that might get him into the lottery without losing games. And I just don't know if Ryan Smith bought this team to lose. I think he bought this team to be competitive. And I think being competitive actually gets you 35 wins and might may put you into the the play-in. I don't I don't know if Danny Ainge is putting a lot of stock on I don't want to get into the play-in, I want to be in the lottery. It's it's gonna be interesting to see. So yeah, I do think they could win 35 games. And I actually do believe we could be competitive and a lot of fun to watch. And why wouldn't you? That sells tickets. Yeah, so ESPN puts right above us the Sacramento Kings at eleven winning 36 and a half games, so about 37 games. Uh, the Trailblazers are 10th at 36 and a half. So, and then right below us are the Spurs at 31, and then Oklahoma at 26 games winning. So mm -hmm. it kind of, we're kind of stuck right in, in between their predict, East fans' predictions of us being right beneath the Kings and right above the Spurs, which is I mean, that's kind of where we are. We're kind of grouped along Oklahoma, um, I guess the Rockets a little bit. But still, 12th, 12th place is, is something that I think a lot of players are going to – they're not going to 
that's not the prediction that they want. And they they're gonna come out and they're gonna try to make try to finish Yeah, I you know what could get interesting? It could be that we held off and didn't move Conley and Clarkson because we couldn't get what we wanted for them. And then the thought might be, oh my gosh, let's see what October, November, December brings. And if we're in the mix, they might look at each other and say, well, let's keep them. Let's keep them. Clarkson, we've got signed through this season. And I think next season, Conley's contract is up. That's going to be the one where you don't want his contract to expire and get nothing back for him. But he also might be a guy who says, listen, let me play this out. Give me another two years as I wind down my career and give me it at a fair market value. I want to stay in Utah. If you're reading anything about the players on media day, Conley is sounding so much like a dad that values where he lives. He's like saying, I don't want to move my family. We like Utah. And I don't want to be playing for another team and coming back and forth on off days. So I think the jazz brass is saying, let's roll the ball out and see how competitive we are. And if we're really competitive, they might use some of those picks to go get another player at the trade deadline to say, all right, we're going to make a run into the playoffs. Who knows? Who knows? Weird. I know there were, there were talks this morning that Clarkson was in a trade rumor to go to um, the bucks, Milwaukee. And that the deal was pretty close to being finalized, but it just never crystallized. And so there were definitely talks of getting Clarkson moved somewhere else for another pick or for another player of his caliber. But I do think that right now we just want to see how we play for the first couple of games of the season and then see what, what we could do. I think, I think we might, I don't know. I, I know last episode I was talking about how I don't see us playing that well, but there's just, with not this much pressure, there's so much, and not so much expectation. There's, there's so much um, excitement that something could just go our way and we could play a lot better than we anticipated. Listen, it's fun to go into a season without expectations. It's dangerous to go into a season without expectations. There's a lot of mixed emotions here. Spence, I think on this article that you ushered in in the 34.9 or almost 35 wins for the Jazz, I think one thing you pointed out prior to the start of, the, of our podcast as we prepped for tonight the Golden State Warriors in the West, the defending NBA champions in this article, are picked to only win 42 games and finish eighth in the West. Mm. How can you be the defending NBA champions and be picked to finish eighth? Now, this is one writer's opinion, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, they didn't really mix up their team too much. So, I mean, they're right, they didn't get anybody new or get rid of anybody major. So they, they did get rid of, of Gary Payton. Yeah, they got rid of him. They didn't retain Gary Payton nor Otto Porter Jr. Two players that brought a lot of energy and oomph to that team, but they didn't lose, you know, Steph Curry, right? I mean, it's right. still the core of a championship team. And Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo did say that Steph Curry is the best player in the league right now. And, and I don't know if that <laughs> – I maybe I think, but he's definitely he definitely is top three, and I think he is probably one of the, I mean, best players out there right now. And so you know why about Steph Curry. Here, here'd be my thought on Steph Curry if he's the best player. He certainly can impact a game in a moment's notice more than anybody else. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, you blink your eye and all of a sudden he scored nine points on you and you're like, exactly. it's only been a couple seconds. Exactly. And so to, to take away a 10-point de- deficit or add 10 points to a lead in a matter of minutes is kind of scary. Yeah, so that's I, what I, makes I him – that's yeah. what makes Giannis's statement probably accurate is he can – he can impact the game quicker than anybody else. I don't think he's the best player in the league. Holy cow. You've got Jokic, who's a two-time NBA you know, MVP back-to-back, and his numbers are off the charts. Giannis is a beast. Embiid is a physical specimen. I mean, Curry is absolutely in there. I do think he he has the quickest impact on a game than any other player. Right, but I do think that the that Golden State will be better than eighth seed. I I do too. Let's but look the at the people. Good. Look at the people that are above them. Right, they have Phoenix one, Denver two, Pelicans three. Let me come back to that. Memphis, Minnesota, L.A., Dallas. It's not far fetched. I like eighth, Clippers first of but, all. I'm sorry. The By the way, I read. I heard this the other day. I read it yesterday. New York against Pelicans. They're the players and the coach Willie Green. They said they are they have not ever seen a player in preseason play like Zion. <laughs> they said it is scary. Yeah. And the players said we weren't ready for him and he's scary good. And you know what? The dude hasn't played for like 500 days. Zion Williamson might destroy the league this year. It is going to be so fun. <laughs> To finally see this kid play, they said he's sprinting, he's running up and down the court, he's dunking, he's passing. And when your teammates of the caliber of C.J. McCollum, Larry Jance, Larry Nance Jr. are saying that about another kid, I'm really excited to see how well Zion Williamson plays. And I don't think they're just hyping him up or making him seem more than he is because I've seen videos of him doing like 360 windmill dunks, which is stuff that Vince Carter did. But this is <laughs> this kid's like huge. And he's just going down, and he's just throwing it down, and and he's a bully. I he just, I mean, I I'm shocked that they put the Pelicans at number three in the West because the West is so competitive. But with somebody with as at the caliber of Zion playing at his peak, that is a likely situation where they could come out and and he could be getting away with thirty points a night just whenever he wants. Yeah, I, I you're absolutely. Here's what. So we, five though. minutes ago, we talk about the Jazz and. What will they do? And will they win? Will they not win? What will the season be like? I'm going to go back to something I said last year as we ran these podcasts. If if you're not a and if you're an NBA fan, this is like a smorgasbord of food that's endless in taste, <laughs> texture, color, and will fill you up. The NBA is primed for mm-hmm. another great season. If you're not an NBA fan, I feel sorry for you because if you like good sports competitiveness and definitely basketball i mean we're talking about the pelicans and they're going to be good this year and the nba champion on espn.com is picked to finish eighth in the western conference that tells you how good nba basketball is going to be this season it's crazy and then the lakers are projected to finish ninth um getting only 36 wins so just a little bit ahead of the jazz but it's funny because if you if you scroll down and you look at the East and the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers are supposed to, are, are projected to finish eighth in the East with 43 wins. And so people are playing jokes that, oh, look, Cleveland is supposed to Cleveland, who let LeBron go, are now better than LeBron 
after he's assembled his giant team on the Lakers. Yeah, I think the story there is they go out and move heaven and earth to get Donovan Mitchell, and you're only predicting the same. These predictions are a little funky. You really don't know what they're you're going to get. They're definitely clickbaity. They're definitely brilliant. But, but I, I got to tell you, it might be right. I mean, let's see. What was what, what did you say about that Donovan Mitchell said this week in, in training camp? I heard that he – or I read that he was in a press conference and, they, and he was almost saying, I can play defense. And he said it in a way that made it seem like, hey, I wasn't playing defense on the Jazz at the end of last season or all of last season but I can still play defense now. And that's just another attribute of my game that you guys are going to see. Yeah. It's sad that you have to say that. I mean, we saw it firsthand. Everyone relied on Rudy Gobert atoning for everybody's terrible defense. We know Donovan is an athlete and can play defense too bad that he didn't do it. And quite frankly, as much as I don't want to believe what Danny H said, that they didn't believe in themselves or they didn't believe that's a sign where maybe they didn't believe. And Donovan was like, I don't believe we can win. I don't believe we're a great team. I'm not going to work on defense is hard work. And it's interesting. I want to, I do want to go back into the West. There was something I saw. There was something that I thought about as you move through those teams. And maybe it's LeBron James. If you're LeBron James and you're in the twilight of your career and he just signed a contract where he's making 45 million or 50 million a year. So he's making serious jack. He has to, in order to cement his legacy and be in that talk of one of the greatest of all time, challenging Jordan for that throne, he has, in my mind, has to go out a winner. I'm not saying he has to win the NBA championship, but you can't not make the playoffs. Right. The Lakers, in my mind, for LeBron James' sake, need to make the playoffs. And by the way, they do have the bully. They do have the protector. They do have the dog in Patrick Beverly, and that could be a difference for them. I was thinking that too this week that LeBron, in order to to solidify his legacy, even though he's already done so many great things, but he he can't just not make the playoffs this year. It has to be a year where he, where he qualifies, and he, and I and I can see him understanding that principle, and because he's been really relaxed up until about fifty games into the season, and then he starts to turn it on. I can see him being a little bit more aggressive throughout the whole season and and taking advantage of placing the Lakers in a three or four spot come come um yeah kind of what he's doing at his age I still listen he is in the conversation as one of the goats I'm just going to say goats plural he's one of the greatest of all time there's no doubt about Anthony Davis needs to stay healthy Patrick Beverly needs to be Patrick Beverly and that team is hopefully is better than a ninth seed if LeBron James bows out in a play-in game, I think you start saying, come on, LeBron, you, you're better than this. But again, his age oh. has him just a touch. Let's see what he's got left in the gas tank. They get, the dude's still a physical specimen of his age. It's amazing that he's doing what he's doing in the league. You know, tidying up on this article in the East, um, the, the Brooklyn Nets are predicted to be seventh. Um, the Brooklyn Nets seem to have figured it out mentally. They seem to be having a good first few days of camp. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons are now in there. Steve Nash made a comment this week, which I thought was interesting. He goes, I don't care if Ben Simmons ever shoots. I don't know if a player who's making $40 million a year should have a coach say, I don't care if you don't shoot. It's just bizarre. 
that whole career of Ben Simmons, but let's see what he does this year. Knicks look, look like they're on the outside looking in. And uh, poor Bo- Boyan Bogdanovich, the Pistons are finished to pick are picked to finish last in the East. Interesting stuff. An interesting article for sure. I I don't know exactly how accurate it's going to be, but there there seems to be somewhat of a trend. I mean, Heat are only projected to finish sixth, which I guess makes sense. But um, the Hornets it's definitely are- going to get like it's going to be competitive. I, if you're a fan, you're going to want to have your phone by you, and we'll be doing these podcasts every Monday and Thursday night, so you can listen to them then or on Tuesday and Friday mornings. It'll be fun to look forward and look back on games and pick out players where you go, oh my gosh, Jamal Murray is back and look what he did for Denver. I have been around way too long and the play and the athleticism in this league is just so amazing to me. I don't know if it's ever been this deep in 30 teams. And I'm one of the old guys that will always defend the past, but the present is really special. Kawhi Leonard should be making a return this season as well. He's been in in yep. in a training camp, and he's he he was. They gave him the mic and asked him to make a comment on training camp, and his response was, "Let's just get this over with." So <laughs> that guy's fun. He's a fun guy, um, but he he just wants to play and, and he wants to win too. So that's yeah. scary. Um, and then another exciting random piece of news is Lamelo's brother on. Uh, um, Angelo, uh, he just signed with the Hornets as well. So all three of the balls um, are on are in the NBA. And so Lamelo and his older brother, not the oldest, but the yeah. older brother, is yeah. also with him on the Hornets. Yeah, that's a that's a fun fact. Uh, talking about Le, um, who's who's in who's in Chicago. That's Le, uh, Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. He's having a hard time. His knee is not recuperating. He. His career is in jeopardy, and I feel bad for the kid. Um, he actually is going into surgery. He's going to miss the start of the season. So that's that's uh, that's. A I think the sad. Hornets could do some damage in the in the East. Yeah, what's the article say about the Hornets here? I mean, at some point. Oh, Bridges! Though I forgot about. Bridges. At some point, at some point, you hope a Michael Jordan-owned team does something. I'd love to see Michael Jordan host a trophy as as an owner going back to talking about legacies Kawhi Leonard I think has four championships I think he got three with San Antonio and one with Toronto let's be clear that's the same as LeBron James if I'm not mistaken those guys are fighting for legacy meaning where does my career end up and how am I remembered LA is going to be a fun town to watch this season because I think they're both going to give it their all to get their teams in contention for a championship. For sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these great players that we have just seen over the past 10 years are coming to the end of their careers. And so this is kind of a last, last ditch attempt. You got, um, I guess Durant kind of has a couple more years left in him, but he is definitely fading in terms of um, the up and coming young people that are starting to take over the league. And so you got him and Harden and um, and those players that haven't won a championship that like, – well, I know um, Durant's won one, but Harden hasn't won one. You got players out there that haven't won championships that need their career to end on a good note. Chris Paul yeah. even. Yeah, great. That's where I was going to go with that. You, you look at the West. So Phoenix is predicted to win the West in this article for what it's worth. 
Chris Paul, no championship. Denver picked second. Uh, Jokic, no championship. Uh, New Orleans, CJ McCollum, no championship. Memphis Grizzlies, uh, I think they, they're they just young. Minnesota, they pushed, they pushed all the chips in the middle of the table and went out and got Rudy. So they're on the watch. The Clippers, Paul George, doesn't have a championship. Luka maybe wants to start saying, I'm a champion. So there's a lot to watch. And I just barely went through the West. We haven't even got to James Harden. We haven't got to a, a few of these people, Embiid, who hasn't won a championship. And we didn't even spend time tonight on one of the boiling stories in the NBA about um, the coach of the Celtics yeah. and what went down there. And and it's just, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you don't have NBA league passes, my push go out and get it because you're going to want to watch as many games as possible this season. Yeah, I think we're just kind of avoiding saying the Celtics head coach's name. It's just so hard to pronounce. So, Ime Duka, right? Ime Udoka. So, we're Udoka. good. There we go. So, that's why I've been avoiding the story because I don't want to stutter his name out. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, for what it's worth, it's entertaining. And then the Suns owner also is trying to sell the team. And I heard that Jeff Bezos is looking to buy Interesting. So another billionaire steps in. Yeah, it's possible that the league is saying, "Come and bail us out." We, you know, the league doesn't want to um, sell to anyone. Yeah, th- yeah, the league doesn't want to look embarrassed by what Sarver does here. So I'm sure they're trying to get somebody that 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 does that. Well, it's going to be an exciting season, and we'll definitely for those listening, we'll definitely do a more in depth podcast of what the season might be and make our own personal predictions, and maybe we'll have a couple of. Um, bets or not really bets but kind of hey this is what we're saying now check back in and in three months and see how accurate we were type situations um what else do you have dad that's it that's it for tonight we could go on and on and on we're gonna be here every monday and thursday nights for your listening enjoyment but you can also catch us on tuesday morning and friday mornings throughout the season and uh by the time we chat we might have had a preseason game don't we play on the second of october I don't know. I haven't really looked at that schedule. I think we're coming up where we go into Canada and play a couple of games. So uh, the next time we do a podcast, I think we'll have a game under our belt and uh, it'll be fun to see how we play. It's always fun. It's always fun talking with you, Dad. Thanks. Always good, Spencer. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.